sometimes in this life, well, I mean, maybe I could almost say most of the time in this life, things are hard. Things, people go through hard things. Uh, young people are in this room today, and they have a very optimistic 20 or 20 and under, have a, maybe 30 and under, have a very optimistic view of life. Because up to that point in their life, maybe nobody's died that they've known. No uncles have died, no aunts have died, mom and dad are still alive, grandpa and grandpa may even still be alive. But then beginning, as you get older, things begin, people begin to get sick and die, and that, all that whole process goes on. You begin to be exposed to trouble. And I love to tell you, as you get older, trouble stops. But trouble intensifies with age. The golden years aren't golden. Now, there's a few days in the golden years that are golden. A few days of the golden years are golden. But most of the time, it's a trial. When we get older, we just have different kinds of testings from God. We born-again believers in this room. But do not be discouraged. Whatever happens, however dismal it may appear, however much trouble you may go through, because if you've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's coming a glorious day ahead of you. I'm not health and wealth at all because I, what I just said contradicted any health and wealth gospel. Uh, God did not make you to be healthy and wealthy. He made you to be his servant and to live for him and to prove his truth to be true in your life. And the Holy Spirit he's given you forever so that that will happen. Take your Bibles, if you would, to Malachi, otherwise by the Italians in this room known as Malachi. Brother Max, Max Georgie's with us. He's a, he's a famous Italian. There's a whole family of Georgies over in Italy. A whole family, a big old family of Georgies over there. And uh, to, to Max, it's Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. Otherwise, Malachi. The last book of the 39 books in the, at least in our Bible, of the Hebrew Bible. It was the... Um, Finished probably about 425 before the birth of Christ, B.C. And then there was a great 400 plus years of silence where God did not speak through any prophet for over 400 years. It was a tough time. By the time Malachi comes around in the Old Testament, the children of Israel have uh, proven themselves to be unfaithful, to be honest with you. No matter how much privilege they were given, no matter how much position they were given, no matter how much power they were given, they seemed to just take it for granted a couple generations and take it for granted and then backslide and pick up the ways of the heathen. God would have to judge them. And the process of the Old Testament is the rising and falling of God's people. That's the whole Old Testament. They come to Malachi and they've already been taken, 10 northern tribes have been taken prisoner by the Assyrians and distributed. And the only last two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, left in Jerusalem and that area in the south were about another 100 and some odd years, about 110 years, I believe, after, after the 10 northern tribes were taken, they were left. You'd think that they would have got enough warning from them, their 10 tribes of their brothers being taken away that they'd have lived for God wholeheartedly. They did it in some ways. Hezekiah did, Josiah did. A few others did. But ultimately, they backslid again and went bad through Manasseh and other people. 
And God brought in the Babylonians to them to destroy the city. This time he totally flattened the city. I mean, he flattened it. He took, he burnt the temple, burnt the, tore, tore the walls down, just completely flattened it, burnt the whole thing. Took what remnant there were of people and took them over to a place called Babylon for slaves. They were slaves now. They lost all their freedom, became slaves. Oh, that God's people would wake up. Oh, that God's people would wake up. Had they not turned away from God, they'd still have freedom. I somehow believe in the United States that may be going that way. If, if, we, would, if we would be hot for God in the United States, he'd allow us to continue to have our freedom. But at 71 years old, I'm concerned about our freedom. What about you? It's being eroded on our left hand and on our right hand by people that see, for some reason have some sinister idea that less freedom's better. But the children of God, when, when, they, when they honor him and live for him, God allows them to have a little space of freedom as we have here right now. He would of them also. So we read in Malachi here, chapter 3, verse 14, he said, Ye have said it is vain to serve God. Well, you see, why they, they had come to the place where they said, Well, serving God, not, that's not where it's at. It's vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? That's the question. And now we call the proud happy, yea, they that work wickedness are set up, yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. He was talking about the people of Babylon and, and the leaders of the wicked leader. They were, Babylon's God was gold. They worshiped gold, the God of gold, the God of silver, the God of drink, the God of power. They were heathen, worshiping false gods. And here are these believers, uh, this remnant, a little remnant that had been left, and they're wondering, they're, they're wondering, as you can see there, verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it, and the book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, that they and that thought upon his name. How do you like that? God's watching. He cares. You say, everybody, I, I said this early on when I got right with God at 18 years old, the whole world may go to hell, but I don't want to go. All my friends in high school may decide to live the, any way they want to live away from God in riotous living, but I don't want to go. I'm not going to do that. I want to live for God. Are you here this morning you want to live for God? You want to do the will of God? You want to please him? God bless you. We talk one of another and we sing praises unto the Lord and he Look at that. He says, he hearkened. The Lord heard it, and he hearkened. Heard a book of remembrance for them. Then verse 17, which is our text, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts in that day, when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Woo, glory to God, hallelujah. If you got hope, you can go through anything. If you know there's coming a brighter day, you can make it through whatever dark day you're in. Whatever diagnosis you may, have, you may get and whatever troubles may come your way, you can make it knowing that there's a day of brightness, a day of relief coming. Hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what do you hope? What do you hope for something you don't see? Or you see, I should say. Well, you don't hope for something you see. You hope for things you don't see. And so God doesn't show you a bunch of this. He wants you to have faith. He wants you to have believe in him and have hope in him. And eventually we're going to have sight. 
Ooh, what a day that will be. What does it mean to be a jewel? The Bible says he's going to make up his jewels. He's talking about his people. That's talking about you and me. He compares us to jewels. Well, I want to list six characteristics this morning of jewels. Six characteristics of jewels. First of all, a jewel is rare. Most people don't really value colored glass. Now, zircons are man-made. They're more beautiful than real diamonds. Now, you can object to this all you want. See me afterward. But I believe that a zircon is more beautiful. When I've talked to jewelers, they say a zircon is perfect. There are no flaws in a zircon. The 52 facets of a, of a well-cut zircon uh, breaks the light up into prisms, makes it just look beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. So why don't you get your wife a zircon? Well, you say, I did, but she thinks it's a diamond. That's not probably very good for your marriage. I think every, all the girls in this room, they don't want a zircon. You don't want a three-quarter or one-carat or two-carat or five-carat zircon. You want the real thing. Why? You want the real thing. Why? Rare. Rarity brings value. Rarity brings value. God says he's going to make up his jewels. That's us. That's his people. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 14, he says, because Jesus said, because straight is the gate, narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few be there that find it. That's an amazing statement to me. I have always been amazed at Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. I asked crowds through the years as I taught on this passage or close to it, what is a few to you? If I would say a few of you in this room, I want to take out and buy your lunch. Now, I'm not saying that's hypothetical. But if I said a few of you that are in this room, I would like to say there's about 350 people in this room, and a few of you I want to take out to lunch, what would I expect? 30? 30? To me, that'd be the high side of a few. 15? Yeah, 15 maybe. So it's, but he, all I can tell you is Jesus said, narrows the way that leadeth unto life, and few be there that find it. It's rare. It's rare. Born again people compared to the population of the world, are fairly rare, no doubt about it. How, how valuable are jewels? How rare and hard to find are they? Well, they, they, they don't usually appear on top of the ground. Years ago, we did lobstering down in Key West in Marquesas area where they found the Atosha, Nuestra de Atosha. A ship, they found the Margarita. It was a mother it was a mothership of a big fleet in the 1600s that came through that area, going to Spain, loaded down with silver, gold, and green stones and red stones. Green stones and red stones. Those were the those stones were mined 
And there, uh, jewelers tell me that there are no stones being mined today as pure and beautiful as those Inca stones that the Spanish stole and took to Spain, those green stones and red stones. Nothing is even mined and are as big and as pure as those stones that those Spanish people were hauling over. Well, you know, a hurricane hit them. And the Atosha sunk right off the Keys, about 35 miles from Key West, right over the reef, right on the inside of the reef. And then Margarita went another three and a half miles and sunk. And they, Mel Fisher hunted for them for 16 years. He hunted for those two. Now, there's a massive amount of metal, massive amount of, of silver, massive amount of gold, and a massive amount of silver of green stones and red stones. The problem is you can detect metal, but you, can de- you cannot detect red stones and green stones. You have to visually see them. And, and for 20 years after they found the mother load in 1985, they kept, they had these things where they would blow, use the propellers and take the propeller wash and divert it down to the bottom and it would wash the sand and they would have divers all around that circle, that hole that they were developing. They'd have divers and they would be looking for green or red as the sand would be blown away. They'd be looking for green or red. They did that for 20 years. I heard the other day, there's still some people down there blowing holes looking for green stones and red stones. That's how valuable they are that they would spend that much effort. And that's how valuable you are to God. You're way more valuable to God than you give credit to yourself. I'm nothing. I don't feel like I'm anything. I'm I'm the less of the least, as Paul said. I'm with him. I'm less of the least of the saints. Has this grace been given? Yet in God's eyes, you're rare, and you're valuable to him. Secondly, jewels are precious. Jewels are precious. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hidden in a field, that when a man hath found it, he hideth, and for joy goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Be like if you went to a field and you were digging around, you found a vein of gold. You said, ooh, there's a vein of gold here. You go around and say, who owns this land? I want to buy this land. Now, you probably wouldn't tell him there was a vein of gold on it, would you? You'd just say, I just want, to, want that land uh, because and according to this, he said, if you find something valuable, you want it. You, want it. You, want it. You, you understand its value. Your redemption, dear one, is precious. Psalm chapter 49, 8 says, for the redemption of their soul is precious. 1 Peter 1.19, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Psalm 116, verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That's been a tender verse to me. I've seen a lot of people go to heaven. I've seen a lot of people die. My share of it, at least. And I can tell you, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now, I don't know about you, but death does not look precious. Death is ugly. Most of the time, death is harsh. Death has to do with with things that are hard to bear. But yet, in the sight of God, it's a transference. It's a time. Most of you women are pregnant. When you get pregnant, you get pregnant for, is it 10 months? I never have figured it out. Is it nine months, 10 months? I just, I don't know. What do I know? But women get pregnant, and I know this about them, that when they get towards the end of that pregnancy, they get anticipating. They are very much encouraged to have the baby. 
Like they want to get rid of this baby no matter what happens. They want to get it out. They're miserable. They're pushing against their organs, pushing their intestines up, can't hardly eat, can't walk. They walk like this. Is that about right? That was Heather Barrows. My wife sat on the edge of the bed when she was praying for Troy. She was, went three weeks over. Does that mean that she went 10 months and three weeks? I don't know. She went three weeks over. I want to have this baby. And she made me want to have the baby. <laughs> Finally, the doctor gave her a glass of cod liver oil. She drank it straight. She'd have drank poison. It wouldn't make any difference. She drank pagala royal and oh my goodness, you know what that did to her, don't you? Well, with that happening, also the baby decided to come too. Everything came. <laughs> and woo, she had Troy. Are you in this room, Kelly, anywhere? You in this room? Glad I'm glad you're not. Anticipation of something coming. What is death for God? It's anticipation for you to get to come home. His shed blood paid for your sin. You trusted him as your savior. He's helped you and nurtured you and watched over you all this whole life, however your life goes. Finally, you come to the day of graduation. That's why they call death for a Christian and really graduation time. It's time to be out of this. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body, the body of this death? I don't know about you, but my body is failing me. I mean, it's letting me down. I can't hardly do anything anymore. If I touch something, it peels my skin off like paper. I mean, I'm just getting, I'm just, I'm getting old. You say, oh, you're not old. Oh, shut up. Jewels are rare. Jewels are precious. Thirdly, jewels are beautiful. Beautiful. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings and publisheth peace, that bringeth good things of, of tidings of good and publisheth salvation, saith the Lord of Zion, thy God reigneth. It's repeated again in Romans chapter 10, verse 15. I think I want you to turn to this if you got your Bibles, this next verse, because it's just so precious. Because jewels are rare, jewels are precious, and jewels are beautiful. And this verse in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. You want to mark that in your book. You want to know where that's at. Dan, the end of Daniel, last chapter of Daniel, and verse 3. And I look at this verse over and over again and I say, Oh, God, may it be so. May it be so. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. That's the stars. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forevermore. The firmament's the planets and the stars and that whole thing, the sun and the moon and all that that is out there. I don't know if it intrigues you like it does me, but I like to, I live, it's kind of darker. It used to be dark. And I go out there and I look up at night when I'm, when I'm going, walking from my barn to my house and I look up at night and I see those stars and, you know, you man, I'm the Big Dipper and all those. And I think about God. I think about God's 
likened us to that. He says, if you'll live for me, if you, if you will be wise, if you will turn many to righteousness, that's going to the world and preach the gospel with every creature. Take that seriously. Do it every day. Tell people what great things God's done for you. That's all you got to do. Pass the good news on. Jesus saves. He says, someday, I'm going to cause you to shine like a jewel, like a jewel. It's beautiful. Put light through a jewel. That's what people... It, it, I mean, does it not amaze you that people wear emeralds and rubies? They're just green stones and red stones. But they like to wear them. I like my favorite stone of all stones. It's not a diamond. No, no, no. It's a ruby. A pigeon blood ruby. Man, oh man, that is a gorgeous stone. Uh, he says, that's, who, that's what you are to me. He says, you're, you're precious you're rare, you're precious, and you're beautiful. Fourthly, jewels are forever. You can buy them when you're 15, 16, 17, 18, or get them as a gift from your from future husband. And my wife, I believe, still has the diamond I bought for her in Elkhart, Indiana, when I was 17 years old, and I paid $200. I paid $200 for that. It was a third of a carat, I think. And $200 back then, you understand, it's a lot of money. $200. My car payment was $110. Or $80. My insurance for the year was $110. That kind of gives you a perspective of $200. And I went down there and I unloaded. It wouldn't have been that. I was buying that knowing it was going to last. A diamond is our, they're for. Diamonds are forever. You girls know that, don't you? Women love diamonds. And so part of it is they let. And by the way, that diamond's supposed to symbolize your marriage. It should last. That diamond can last heat. It can take weather. It can take abuse of all kinds. He says, he says, uh, jewel, you're gonna be, I'm gonna gather you like a man gathers his. Jewels like he saves his only son. That's what God said he's going to do for you and me because we're rare, we're precious, we're beautiful, and we last forever. Now you're in Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, but look back in verse 2. Look back in verse 2. He says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life. What kind of life? Woo! It doesn't mean much if there's an end to it. If you're going to live another 200 years, there's an end to it. You say, oh, man, I got plenty of time. You people under 20 here may say, oh, I got plenty of time. Trust me. My mother, 86 years old, looked at me one day with the most serious of attitude and look. She said, how did I ever get to be 86? How did I get here? And, man, I looked at her with a strange look, and I said, one day at a time. But how is it that all of a sudden you look around and you're, you're, you're old? Or all of a sudden you look around, your hair's white. Jewels are forever. Our eternal life that God gives you is last forever. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Both outcomes. There's only two outcomes Bible teaches this from one end to the other. There's only two outcomes. You're going to live somewhere 
forever. You're made in the image of God. Now, stick with me. You're made in the image of God. How, what does that mean? One thing it means is you're never going to cease to exist like God. Now, there's a lot of other things that compare you to God, your volition, your free will. You have a free will. You can send yourself to hell. You can reject Jesus Christ and go down your way, live your life, die, stand before him. And he says, someday you're going to be, in, look at that in verse 2, many shall, in the dust shall be resurrected, some to everlasting life, but some to shame and everlasting contempt. You say, well, that's Old Testament. Well, let's look at New Testament. John chapter 3, verse 36, that glorious chapter 3 of John, I believe this is the last verse of that chapter, Jesus' words, he says, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. What's going to happen? But the wrath of God abideth on him. And what does that mean? That means a place called the lake of fire. You can look that up in Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, 15. And I'm looking at a group of people in this room. This is sobering. This is sobering to me. So sobering. I'm looking at a group of people here. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, some of you people in this room may be going to a life, a life which the Bible calls is so bad it's called the second death of separation from all that is good, which is God. Hell is separation from all that is good to a place that's all bad. From all light to all darkness. Man, listen, shake yourself. You, you say, well, what, what do I do? I said, get the book of John. Read the book of John 10 times in a row. Read it and ask God if he's going to talk to you. He'll talk to you. Jewels are forever. God has caused his children to last forever. He's given us the Holy Spirit to last forever. John chapter 14, verse 16 says, And I will pray the Father. He will give you another comforter that he, that what? This comforter may abide with you forever. I, I rejoice in that the Holy Spirit's never going to leave me nor forsake me. The word of God remains forever. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth Forever. The things of God are forever. When all the kings and, kings and kingdoms and the, their glory has crumbled to unrecognizable dust, John 3.16 will still be true. When all this technological marvels of man falls into grains of silicone, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 will still be true. Jewels are rare. Jewels are precious. Jewels are beautiful. Jewels are forever. Fifthly, jewels are made to enjoy. Jewels are made to enjoy. I don't think you ought to have something you don't wear. People tell me sometimes, well, I got a beautiful stone, but I, I don't wear it. Man, wear it. You got china? Put it out when I come over. <laughs> don't give me the Mel Mac. 
Give me the china. You don't give me paper. You can give me paper. It's okay. I won't be upset with you, but I know you got china somewhere. <laughs> I told my wife a long time ago, my wife inherited china. A lot of you girls have inherited your grandmother's china or your mother's china. Now you got two sets of china. Give one of them sets away while you still can. My wife went home, took me serious, packed that thing up. I said, what are you doing? Man, it was beautiful. She says, I'm packing my china up to give it away. I go, okay. <laughs> Wear it. Wear it. It's beautiful. Jewels are beautiful. We're going to be displayed out before God. First Peter chapter 4, verse 13. But rejoice in so much as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with what kind of joy? Exceeding joy. There's only two places in the Bible that appears. Here in 1 Peter 4.13 and Jude chapter 1 verse 24 where it says, Now unto him was able to keep him from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. With what kind of joy? Exceeding joy. That is a, it's, it's like a triple positive. Not just joy, but Super, super, super joy. You say, Brother Bill, I've been sad. I'm struggling with depression. Well, there'll be a day you're not sad anymore. There'll be a day, by the grace of God, you're not going to struggle with depression. There'll be, a, there'll be a day you'll not grieve anymore. There'll be a day you'll not be lonely anymore. There'll be a day you'll not suffer anymore. There'll be a day you'll not cry anymore. There'll be a day that you'll have perpetual joy by the grace of God, but not just joy, exceeding joy. That's what God said, because we're his jewels. Jewels are rare, jewels are precious, jewels are beautiful, jewels are to be enjoyed. And this is my last point. Jewels must be polished to bring their beauty out. Polishing is what I'm under right now. Polishing is what you're under as a born-again believer. God's polishing you. The troubles you have, the trials you have, the testings you have, the challenges you have, the temptation, all of that creates friction, trouble, which creates heat, which knocks off all the impurities which also fills in the gaps and creates what they call a gem, a jewel, a gem. Have you ever seen how they, make, how they polish rocks? They put them in a tub and they roll them. Not, I don't think they do that to diamonds, but when they do it to other stones, they put them in a, in a barrel and they roll them and they roll them and they roll them and they roll them and they roll them. Pretty soon they come out and they have these Real smooth, round, they call them like river rocks. You know, they're like, they're like smooth all the way around. That's come by trouble. To that rock, there was, he was going through a lot of trouble. You ought to get in there. It was bad. He was getting hit from every side. He had friction. He had trouble. He had things going on. But God was using that trouble to help mold him and help bring the best out of him or her. And to... Uh, cause the, the beauty which is on the inside to be manifested to others. That's what God's doing in this life. The sufferings of this present time are not 
worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. The sufferings of the present time, the friction that you're going through. You say, why did God do that to me? I don't know why, except I can tell you, generally speaking, he's making up his jewels. He's developing your character. He's developing your spiritual. Why is why, why did my husband, why has my few of you lost your husband the last year? Some of you lost your wives. Some of you lost children or grandchildren. Why does that go on? Why? All I can tell you as a born-again Christian, God, if you'll use it, if you'll submit to the, if you'll submit to the process that God is doing, you'll come out the other side. Happy you did. Happy you did. But, yeah, but you'll be happy you did. What is it all about? Trusting God. I'm trusting the maker of who I am, that he's letting this stuff go through, and whatever comes my way comes by his gracious hand, his loving hand as my Savior, and I'm talking to born-again believers, and he's making up his jewels, as Malachi chapter 3 said. That's what he told them. He said, hey, it's going to be okay because I'm making up my jewels to display you someday in heaven. You can make it. You can endure. Because by the grace of God, he's going to cause us to shine. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3 going to cause you to shine. Now, how do I take all that? By faith. I take it by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I take it by faith, not by sight. He hasn't shown me all this. He shows me in the word. I believe it, and I anticipate the, the actual doing of it by the grace of God. How about you? You're going to trust God in your life? You're going to let him work in your life without getting bitter? Man, people get bitter. They destroy a lot of, lot of folks. They destroy a lot of good. People bitter at God, mad at God, angry at God, they destroy a lot of good. And well, you know what? Doesn't do a bit of good for them. Doesn't do a bit of good for the people around them. Doesn't improve their situation. But for the born-again believer who trusts God in simple childlike faith, they improve themselves. They improve the atmosphere around them and the people around them and make it sweeter as they go. This old world's filled with disappointments and trouble every day. Many times I get discouraged and I almost lose my way. Then I remember I'm just a pilgrim in this troubled world below. There's one thought that keeps me singing as I go. What is that? We're not home yet, children. So keep your eyes on the Savior. Just a few more days to labor, and we'll sit down beside that river. How I long to be with Jesus. Oh, my loved one's gone before me. There's a better day coming. We're not home yet. Father, help us this morning. May this truth come and be delivered by the blessed Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen.
If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.